Doctor Who by the Doctor on My Shoulder by Daniel Roth. Part 1. Been nearly four hours since Mason and I managed to convince his mother to let him stay out of school. Every moment since then seemed to tick away the weight of eternity. He wasn't sick exactly. His 15 year old heart, though, was very sick. Love sick, that is. Staring out the bay window, he thought wondered at Anna. Camarero, the American girl, who only just transferred that year. Since the first day, Anna arrived. Mason drank in every detail about her, the streaks of purple that shot through her ever, otherwise long brown hair, and Fettel laughed at the rain above everyone else's incredulous way. You say, what? Even the least astonishing of the revelations, which he longed for something called Swiss Miss. He longed for, only for her, she lived just across the way and gazing towards her house, ran through all the countless times he'd spoken to her, but never quite could. Coward, he thought to himself, before he could dwell a moment longer, Mason caught a glimpse of something peculiar out of the corner of the eye. It didn't seem like much at first, just a few vans passing down the road, but a few turned into a fleet, a seemingly endless parade, travelling along every street as far as I could see. White, nameless, all identical. It wasn't normal to any time, certainly not midday, when everyone's at work or school. It's only as if they planned that way. Something so strange in plain sight, but only when no one was looking. It was long before several of the vans pulled up, pulled to the side of the street. Drivers all fled out simultaneously, but his secrecy was almost eerie. Fear growing into pity's stomach. Mason's insects took hold. He drove from the couch, dashed up the stairs and perched himself slightly between, beneath his parents' window, his eyes peeking out ever so slightly from beneath the curtain. The structured view was a small price pay for Mason. Mason to feign at least a hint more safely. A few minutes later, the sound of barking dogs began to ring out. Cold air, unaffected by the cuffless warning, drivers furtively went from house to house, dropping a single parcel at every doorstep. Mason could feel the hair bristle on the back of his neck. As one of the corners walked towards Mason's front door, he simply drew in a sharp breath and held it. Mason waited, quiet as he could. For this might, of what might happen next. What if the men tried to enter? Mason thought, casting his eye gaze away from the window. Mason looked to see if there was something he could do to defend himself. A lampshade, a heavy book, a cricket bat. Something would do. Anything would do. The sound of doors slamming snapped Mason out of his panicked planning. As the van's engines revved, Mason clambered back towards the window, just in time to see a few remaining cars slowly disappear around the corner. Tired, bizarre vent had ended almost as quickly as it begun, and thinking it over, Mason felt incredibly silly, crouched in the corner of his parents' bedroom. No wonder I can't even work up. Work up the courage to talk to the girl, scared of a few vans. I really am a coward, he moaned aloud. With that final self-reported fault, Mason crept back down the stairs to leave package had been left on the front stoop. A lock of the door made what felt like an unnecessary audible click. 
he turned, as it turned, finally pushing back his unwanted fears. Mason opened the door. There, at the top of the steps, was a little, was a small brown, thoroughly remarkable, unremarkable box. An interesting feature was an envelope taped on its side, retrieving it. Mason, having had enough of fear, one day opened the envelope and emptied its contents. It was a simple note that read, Do not open until Christmas. What a laugh! What sort of kid had ever heed such a warning? Are you so, you are so open, Box? Mason announced, addressing the package as though it were defendant to be sentenced. He picked out the box up with triumph and closed the door behind him. Crumbling into the sofa, Mason heard the faint tinkling bell of Max, his Hellenian cat. You reckon the pre- this present meant for you, Max? Mason asked as Max curled up beside him, looking on curiously. Mason didn't spare enough moment, tearing the tape and sealed the hidden treasure within. Sip, pulling aside the tissue paper, Mason finally laid eyes on his prize. A tiny figure, about six inches high. What's that meant to be? Mason thought aloud. Some sort of action figure? Pinning up his hand, Mason astonished his at all the points of a, a condition, in fact. In fact, inspecting it closer, it's almost like a doll. Brown suit and white blue pinstripes are all real cloth, as if their white trainers adorned its feet. Even the hair was incredibly lifelike. It was a dirt holding a tiny human person with no was no kind of was which was no end of weird for his fault. But all was sure what the doll for thoroughly impressed with the final results Lady drama. Mason plodded the figurine back to the brown cupboard cobbled home. All yours, Max, he said, turning himself round to flip the telly for a while. As the screens sparked the music to life, Mason heard the furious music from the snowman. This again, Mason muttered. How many times a day do I need to see a flying snowman before the entire planet knows it's Christmas? As Mason stared dully at the dancing snow people, Max crept slowly towards the box, tail bouncing back and forth with each step, peering in, where there was the tiny man in a suit, seemingly curled up in a ball, wrapped in a blanket and tissue paper. Curiously, nudged, Max nudged the figure with paw, to the cat's absolute shock, figuring a miniature doll, bonded by batting away the doll, muttering, Oi! Got the time, Lord! Rest in peace! Max tall. Tail shut up attention and let out a low, bumbling meow. Mason turned around at the sound of Max's agitation. What are you on about then? Mason said as he scrubbed out over to investigate. Just a stupid doll, nothing to get old out about. Mason patted Max on the head. Reassuringly, as he turned his gaze towards the inside of the box, that's when he saw what Max was so upset about. Doll was moving. Mason actually broke his eyes in disbelief. But there, plain as day, was a low living doll coming in slumber. On long pause, Mason finally managed to wake. Hello! Doll woke away to sleep for his eyes. The yawning responded, Hello! I must have fallen. He suddenly pulled. He pulled suddenly. The figure's eyes were wide open now, struggling to get to his feet. Miss a soft tissue paper. Doll pulled out a pair of sunglasses from his coat pocket and squinted at Mason. Oh dear, he said. I don't suppose there's any chance of dreaming, is there? 
I had suddenly woken up and the plenty of giants. Mason stared blankly for a moment, not quite sure what to say. Are you? What are you? was the only response he was able to muster. Right, the dog wanted. Not actually an answer to the question, but never mind. Hello, I'm the doctor. Hold on. Dr. Pauls, are you watching the snowmen? Oh, I love the snowmen, me. You watch. Flying around, dancing with Father Christmas. Brilliant, but if you're watching snowmen, that means I'm on Earth. We're definitely not a planet of giants. Well, not the last time I checked. Anyway, which means I've been shrunk. How did I get shrunk then? I don't know, Mason said. Funny, funny his voice. I got patches and you were inside. Is one of, is there one of you in every box? What do you mean? Doctor asked, looking very concerned. Because it's only just a one of me. Believe me, I checked. Well, there were these vans, Mason explained, and they left a package just like yours. Every house. There's only one of you. Then what's in all those other packages? No idea, the doctor said. But well, whatever it is, I can tell you, isn't good. The doctor paused a moment, sighing, then reaching out his arm towards Mason. Look, it's a bit embarrassing, but do you think you could help me out of this box? Mason smirked. And reached out to pick up the doctor. Careful there, Gulliver, doctor moaned. Blimey, I suppose this is must how little Pyrrhonians feels. Mason lifted up doctor and perched him on his shoulder. My name is not Gulliver, doctor. It's Mason. If there's people in danger, I reckon we... Mason paused uncertain. Well, ought somebody do something about it? Doctor smiled. Yeah, who knows how many people might be in danger. What do you think, Mason? Fancy saving the day with me? Mason stared at the doctor for a moment. Before suddenly finding himself smiling. Yeah, Mason said. Yeah, I think I could, would. Doctor pointed towards the front door. Only one thing for it, then. Time to find out what the neighbours got for Christmas. Oi, oi's! There's no turning back now. Hey, there. Mason thought to himself. One of those packages was left outside the house, too. We'll start there. Sitting ways interpretations, Mason opened the door while the doctor hang on for dear life. Running across the street, Mason noticed immediately a note brown box in front of Anna's house. It doesn't make sense. All boxes at every other house he passed. It meant that someone else had already picked it up, put it inside. Fear sent a shiver through him. Not only was there mysterious danger lurking beyond the door, but it's also home of the girl he spent countless hours mooning over. Hesitant but determined, Mason reached out to knock on the door, but just as just it opened, seemingly, his own call, there standing in the gym jams, was Anna. Mason, she said, scratching her head. What's up? I don't know where you, don't know you were home sick too? Why is there a doll on your shoulder? You know my name, Mason. Died in shock. But I, I haven't ever, Mason's voice trailed off. It's open. Peered past Anna to see an open brown box sitting on the table behind her. It's a doctor, Mason gestured to his shoulder. As a doctor waved. He's very small. You mind if you pop in for a mo? Anna downfounded. Hold nodded and Mason was already rushing back past her towards the packages towards the package. Peering into the box, Mason and the doctor saw another figurine. This one though was decidedly less human. Looking at the doctor, his metal body cloaked in a long black robe. His face looked distorted, like he'd been melted, along with permanent tail, stretched out from behind. Behind, like a metal whip, tight in its graph, was what appeared to be a magic wand. Mason carefully placed the doctor in the box. She could respect the monster. 
leave in. Oh, look at you, the doctor said. Robert Mercy, all trussed up for what some sort of fancy dress party. What were the robes and the magic wand? Seriously? What's that all about? It just looks like a normal toy to me, Dennis said. Well, he doesn't, does he? The doctor said, scratching his head. Oh, the doctor said. I said, think, of course he looks like that. Think what about it? How do you think trick someone to let you a robot into your house? You shrink them down and make them look like something like everyone like something everyone knows. Oh, it's clever. Oh, that's not all of that's not what but what's it all for? Doctor Brandish is suddenly true driver. If I can't just if I can't just work out where it came from, he said, scanning the robot. Then maybe Suddenly the eyes of the robot opened, and it glowed red, its arm extended, as it aimed his weapon directly at the doctor. Oh, that's trouble, the doctor said, changing the settings of the sonic screwdriver, turned to send a deadly toy back into slumber. No luck, the one began to make a low humming sound. Get out of the way, the doctor exclaimed, as he ducked and rolled to get out of the way. A silver of electrical energy bolted out the robot's energy over the loud zap. With only seconds to act, before another second round went off, Doctor swapped settings again. Come on, come on, come on, he groaned, himself tinkering with a sunny screwdriver, looking up just in time to see Robert looming over him, ready to attack again. Aye, the doctor shouted as he leapt to his feet and jammed the sunny screwdriver into Munster's face. The blue glossy glow of the sonic screwdriver lit up again. A robot's cheek, sending it to a fit of convulsion shock. Before it finally powered down. That was close, the doctor said, sighing relief. Sighing relief. Doctor, Mason murmured, sounding as though he'd seen, just seen a ghost. It's all right, now, Jason. Mechanisms just reacted when detected by alien technology. No, Dr. Mason said again, more force this time. It's Anna, she's vanished, the doctor spun around. Mason standing as though. What the? Doctor explained. The, the doctor explained. That thing, Mason said. It shot her. Then she was just gone. 